Broadcasting from deep within the great pit of Cartoon, this is the DBAC Discussion Podcast, your source for Star Wars news, theories, and reviews, with your hosts, TJ Bowser, Jordan White, Logan LeVegg, and Grandmaster Mo. and welcome back to the Do Back Discussion Podcast. This is your host, TJ Bowser. Jordan White on the side. Jug the Rogue, what's up, guys? Grandmaster Mo, how's it going? This week we have a lot to go over. This will be the longest podcast to date. We are doing a new show set up, and we are going to have a new section called The Rogue Rant, featuring our very own Logue LeVague. Uh, first, we're going to start off with new action figures from Solo, A Star Wars Story. Uh, we got pictures of four different action figures from the Black Series 6-inch line. Uh, Logan, would you like to go off with this? Uh, yeah, man. I think the figures look awesome, and it really gives me a nice little taste on what we're going to see in the new Solo movie. I, I feel like the new Stormtrooper, I think it's called the Scout Trooper, uh, it's, it looks like a perfect mix of the tank trooper and the troopers on Hoth. I think it's going to be an amazing thing to see in the movie. Also, I love the figure of Han Solo and Lando. They look badass as always. And I just can't wait to see them in the movie. For sure. For sure. Jordan. I do kind of want to jump on this stormtrooper though. He reminds me of a like somebody who's been in the forest for a very long time, and he's just went hunting and started making coats out of animal pelts. <laughs> to me, even both though, it's like RoboCop shit. Yeah, I mean the armor's a bit thick on the legs. Do you think it might be something that's dangerous on that planet when I it comes to walking? Uh, from oh, definitely. From what we talked about last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a swamp planet. The gaseous swamp planet. Oh, then that might be the issue then. Yeah, I'd say that's what it is. Um, I, I, I really I, did. Um, what was that? Wow. I'm sorry. Um, I was just saying I really dig Han's outfit. It's a little different than what we've seen before. Can't really tell if it's his DL44 in his hand. But that, yeah, he's tired. It is. That doesn't look like a DL44 at all. That is his that's, DL44. It doesn't have a scope. Yeah. It, that, right. doesn't, that doesn't look like a DL44 to me. Look it looks, to, looks like a whole different pistol. How about the eyebrow raise on Lando, though? Look at that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't notice that before. Oh <laughs> Is that the SE44C blaster in his hand? Uh, that looks like more like the DL44 to me. Oh my god, he's so stylish. He is. He's very stylish. What about this new Kira character? Yeah, uh, I did notice that. I think she's going to be like uh, Han's love interest. I think so too. She's going to have like a really important part. Mohammed, your voice is going out again. Could you uh, fix that real quick? Literally, the microphone is right in my in the. It has not moved. Okay. Uh, moving on here, it says that this these toys will be introduced to the New York Toy Fair 2018, and all four figures will be available from retailers and online at HasbroToyShop.com this spring. Okay. 
I'm looking forward to collecting these. I collect Black Series figures, and I always jump on the latest release. I hope we get a lot more than this. I know we will, because normally when Disney does the whole Star Wars toy thing, they release two to three waves of different toys, like they did with uh, Last Jedi, Force Awakens, Rogue One, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. They spoil us with these toys. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And it's not just the toys. It's like they partnered up with Nissan for The Last Jedi. So they had uh, Star Wars themed Nissan rogues and stuff like that. They did it with Rogue One also. And they had kiosks at Nissan dealerships. And then. Oh, uh, what? Huh? What for? What for? Uh, just kind of a promotional thing. It was oh, okay. strictly promotional. They did it at Target's GameStop and stuff for these VR things. You guys remember seeing these, like the cutouts of Ray and that? Mm-hmm. I do remember that. If you scan it with your phone, with the AR app, the augmented reality, it unlocks something. Yeah, it was it was really cool. I didn't know that. They really do uh, pretty clever t- marketing techniques. You almost count on Disney for that. Oh, absolutely. Moving on to our next topic, it's uh, The Last Jedi, digital and Blu-ray release. Uh, we're looking at a projected March 27th. Uh, March, huh? March 27th for the release of the uh, Blu-ray movie? Yes. Okay. I would like to actually watch a good 4K version of it, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't think we got Rogue One or uh, The Force Awakens in 4K. No, we did not. It says in the article that we have here that in New Zealand, New Zealand's iTunes page is listing it as a digital digital release date of March 14th. And with word coming that the physical disc will, will follow a couple weeks later on March 27th. I believe with Rogue One, they released the movie a week before they released they released it digitally a week before they released the physical copy. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to do something very similar to this. I mean, I think that's more of a um, just a thing with having to you know get the discs and then upload the data into like all of these discs at once. I would think it takes a while, so I completely understand why they, you know, do it a week apart. Because yeah. instead of, you know, it's different having to just upload something once into, like, you know, a, a digital cloud server than multiple CDs. Yeah, you're right. Especially considering that, you know, it's 4K, so it's going to be a way bigger file than, you know, let's say a Blu-ray or a, a regular DVD. So it would take longer. I'd understand that. I got a question for you guys. Do you think, going back to last episode, I know, Muhammad, you weren't here for the last episode, but uh, we touched on the new Disney streaming service. Mm -hmm. Do you think that once we do get the streaming service and they release Star Wars movies, that when they do the digital releases, that they'll just release it to that streaming service? Possibility. Or will, will we have to wait like we currently do with, like, let's say Amazon... Prime, for example. Uh, I'll give you a really good example. 
the movie Blade Runner. You're not. It's still not out to free to watch, but you can rent it for like four dollars. Is Disney going to take the approach where they say, okay, it's on our streaming service, but you have to pay this amount of money to rent it or this amount of money to buy it digitally? Or are they just going to add it to it and include it in your monthly bill? You know? I mean, whichever, whichever one gets them more money. Like, this is a huge hit, and like it's a very important um, film that's going to generate a lot of revenue. I don't think they're going to miss out on that opportunity. So you think that they're going to, the content that they make specifically for the streaming service will be free to access, which of course it will be. But let's say the more theatrical releases will still be a, you got to wait for it to become free on their streaming service type thing. That's what I think. Okay. I'd actually, I I would actually think the streaming service itself would require a subscription. But other than that, I don't think you'd have to pay for anything else. Considering how Disney is not that bad of a company when it comes to money, you know, they don't get very greedy. I wouldn't say they wouldn't. They wouldn't uh, I don't think they would make you have to rent the movie. Uh, what about you, Logan? What do you think? Well, I think that probably Disney will make you pay just a little bit, like each month, probably like, but a very low price. So probably around like $5 a month for their service. I'm going to go with about 10 to 12 10 to 12? Yeah, probably. I think, uh, I, that's, Amazon Prime runs that, so does Netflix now. Ah, uh, okay. You got so, yeah they, yeah, they could be doing that, but they might have a little bit lower, so then more people will go towards Disney's service than Netflix is, or Hulu, or Amazon Prime. But I feel like Disney's going to make you pay a little bit, not just totally free, but I think the service would actually be pretty good, especially if you're going to be getting like Star Wars movies, and other Star Wars uh, episodes and shows. Like I said, it's not just going to be Star Wars because they did just oh, yeah. acquire Fox. Yeah. So they could have like Family Guy and I, I, all I those. Don't, I, don't, I feel like they're not going to have Family Guy because it is Disney. Yeah. But and they are taking it off of uh, Netflix and things like that, so I doubt they're going to have Family Guy since it's always yeah. on TV. They did take it off Netflix. I was one of those victims who uh, tried to watch Family Guy and was not there. We know the home release for Star Wars The Last Jedi will include a number of deleted scenes with Ryan direct with director. Ryan Johnson has already spoken about this on the degree. Beyond that, we can expect some behind the scenes extras regarding the film's production and the other standard stuff we see attached to Blu-ray releases. The Last Jedi was a very different sort of Star Wars movie. Some people love the fact, others not so much. Uh, Mark Hamill made comments about the direction of the character Luke Skywalker did. We all know this. I just want to see them deleted scenes. And yes, uh, I saw some of them that were released on YouTube, like the the Ray's final lesson scene. Oh, yeah. I did not see that one. uh, Where it's Luke's third and final lesson to Ray. She's something about this village off in the distance. These people come every year. I think Ray thought that, like they were getting attacked, but Luke said to leave them alone. It's the natural order of things. Well, she saw these people these people coming to go to the well, while going to this village, so she ran over with her lightsaber just to find that these people were just partying with the the other people. <laughs> <laughs> that once a year party. Yeah. 
that once a year party. Shit gets lit on all two. <laughs> Speaking of deleted scenes, Mark Hamill teased a uh, game-changing deleted scene of Luke Skywalker and Admiral. Is it ha- Admiral Haldo or? I think it's Admiral Haldo. Admiral Haldo, yep. Which could drastically change so much about The Last Jedi. You guys have all read the article. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it essentially takes in a different way. Jordan? Hmm? No, I mean, what did you think? I totally changed what The Last Jedi could have been. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't really read much of the article. I'm actually reading it right now, but... um. He posted on Instagram. Yeah. He had a shout out to Laura Dern for no particular reason other than being the one all time favorite actor and a generally nice person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As far as deleted scenes and stuff, if this scene was that important, they would have kept it in. I think yeah. maybe the reason they didn't keep it in is because it was. It would have made the flow of the movie completely different. Yeah, it totally would have changed the outcome and because he would have force projected himself beforehand before the you know the the ultimate showdown so i think with this being said and the only reason he's even talking about this is because of how mark feels about the the new way uh luke skywalker is perceived uh a missing scene a deleted scene that i would like to see not, not saying they filmed it or anything, it's Han's funeral. It's talked about in the book. Yeah. But here, here's, yeah, definitely. here's the thing about Han's funeral. Would we would we as fans be able to handle watching this? Han's funeral. Yeah. If we handled watching him die in front of us, I don't see why we couldn't handle watching him uh, his funeral. You're right. If anything, we need anything, we need a funeral, right? But help us like cope. You know what I mean? Finally, put him to rest. This mm-hmm. is the last time we saw him was just him falling to oblivion. It's rough. Yeah. Uh, see, and then there'd be a standard held to this scene. Like, is it is this doing justice to the character that is Han Solo? What do you mean? Like, is this scene done properly? Is this scene doing, like I just said, is it doing justice to Han Solo if they were to include a funeral scene? Oh. Kind of like what they did for Qui-Gon and Darth Vader. Uh, like, what if we have to encounter this again in Episode Nine with Princess Leia? Well, um... I mean, the majority of the funerals that they've had, they weren't huge, to be honest. Um, they weren't bad either. They didn't have to be huge funerals to be good when it comes to, you know, movies and things like that. So, I mean, they don't have to do much with Han Solo. Yeah, he is a big character, but, I mean, Darth Vader's just as big as him, and he got burned alive. Well, burned. His body Twice. was burned. <laughs> yeah. Nice suit, Vader. Bet you it cost you an arm and a leg. <laughs> <laughs> Both of them. Right. Well, actually, all four. <laughs> yeah, you guys remember Padme in Episode Three? Her um, her funeral. It was just a really quick procession. Right. Yeah. 
And I think that did it justice. As long as there's something to help give the audience closure, I think that's all you need to do. You don't need to go all out, especially because it's Han Solo. Like, um, it's more about giving the audience closure than it is about making something extravagant or something. Yeah, definitely. Honestly, I'd take anything. Some type of closure. It doesn't have to be anything huge in my opinion, but some may have a different idea. Yeah, uh, so I would gladly like to take lead on this next article. Uh, <laughs> Your level Thrawn. <laughs> Marvel announced Star Wars Thrawn comic book series. It's bringing the the latest Timothy Zahn's novel to life. Uh, It's going to be a six-part series. See, at first, whenever, for for those who you don't know, Thrawn was an EU character, now Legends. But whenever Disney bought them, all Legends stuff slash EU stuff was thrown out the window. And wasn't part of canon. So. All hope was lost. Until. They brought Thrawn back in Star Wars Rebels. And they released the Thrawn book. In spring. Last spring. And. Since then. Thrawn has come back to life. Everyone's love for Thrawn has come back. In my opinion. He's one of the best villains in Star Wars canon. I mean, he's he's Grand Admiral Thrawn. He is... Sure. He's Thrawn. I mean, I can't say enough about Thrawn. But the cool thing <laughs> about this is it shows origin story. And I think Thrawn has some of the best origin story, well, has the best origin story of one of, of any of the Star Wars characters simply because of how he was found, how he got aboard the Star Destroyer, climbed through the ranks befriended the Emperor, and got to the position that he was at, and all the things that he accomplished during his term of serving in the Imperial Navy. Uh, I know, Mo, you're pretty excited about this series. Uh, Thrawn looks like a badass. We talked about that on our pre-show. We just look at his hair. Yeah, it's very look cool. His hair. Of course, so luscious. I know, right? It's before the, uh, he uh, did the Imperial dress code type. My man's throwing me some dreadlocks. Right? <laughs> Savage. He <laughs> get him some dreads. From the artwork that we see, uh, I really like the shading. I really like the colors. Uh, it's very vivid and sharp looking. Uh, it looks like a Marvel comic. It looks like a Star Wars Marvel comic. I just hope, as a longtime Thrawn fan, uh, that they do it justice. I plan on buying all six issues. I've already got the first one uh, this week, hopefully. But with that being said, I hope that they stay true to the story and don't veer off anything a little bit more. I mean, you can only tell the same story so many times without it getting bland, dry. Not saying that Thrawn, like I said earlier, Thrawn has the best origin story of any any Star Wars character? I mean, did you did you happen to mention the release date? Uh, issue two lands March fourteenth. Issue one's out already. Oh. Uh, you can buy it on Amazon, yeah. or you can rent it on Comixology. Not rent it, but like digitally download type. 
visit your local li- visit your local library. <laughs> yeah, uh, but the thing about the comic book that will make it that will make it special is it will include scenes not featured in the novel. Hmm. So, if I'm understanding correctly, this is um, taking the novel and turning it into a comic book series. This is going to be the same content. Like, if someone who's read the novel would he read the comic books? For the sake of reading the comics, or is there new content? It's going to add content, and it's going to add visuals. And I feel it's just, it's another outlet to, not outlet, it's, a, it's another form of media to take it. 2.5 billion gigabytes of data are created every day. Prepare for today's digitally driven world. Can, can we just talk about this, um, the two frames in the uh, article? From the uh, comic book, the conversation with uh, e- Eli Vanta. Eli Vanta is his translator, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is a guy that Thrawn requests uh, accompany him through his training in the Imperial Academy. I believe it's Eli. Yep, he he says it in the uh, in the frames. Yeah. Uh, you are my translator. You hold my words in your hand and their meanings. In the next frame, they are not connected to my immediate survival. You are. Yeah. And then the Dragon Ball Z pose. Right. <laughs> His piercing red eyes. And, you know, whenever I say that, like, Thrawn might be one of the scariest characters, it's not because of might, it's not because of. He doesn't have the same fear, like like he doesn't instill the same fear as like Darth Vader would and Emperor Palpatine. The fear that he instills is the power of knowledge, the sheer power of knowledge that he has, and those red eyes that look right into your soul. If you ever <laughs> watched Rebels? It's the way he he's always lingering in the shadows. He always has his head held high. The sense of confidence. And his overbearing amount of knowledge to defeat you and everything and systematically take everyone you know out <clears throat> is, is what's scary about Thrawn. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like, last night when I was watching the Clone Wars, it kind of reminded me of Thrawn because one of the quotes at the beginning said, a wise man leads and a strong man follows. So I believe it's exactly like that. Oh. Funny thing about Thrawn's eyes. Um, it's not just Thrawn specifically, but his race entirely. They're able to see in the uh, infrared spectrum. Oh, so like Bigfoot. Yeah, they, they can see in the <laughs> infrared spectrum, and they actually have an upper hand when it comes to looking at people and seeing if they're lying or not. Your, um, you know, your body temperature changes in your face, and they can tell if you're lying just looking at you. Trandosians see in the infrared spectrum too, right? <laughs> Uh, Mo, I'd like you to take over the next article. Absolutely. That would be my pleasure. The Star Wars exhibition. Oh my God. This, this is so exciting. I, and by the way, um, just so people know, a common misconception is that, um, Lester is pronounced Leicester, but for some reason, I have no idea why, um, it's actually pronounced Lester. Uh, so what's going to happen is we have this, um, exhibition called May the Toys Be With You. Kind of <laughs> I suppose. Uh, 
But it's basically a collection of the UK's finest vintage Star Wars toys and the original cinematic posters. And it's going it, to, there's a place called the Newwalk Museum. It's an art gallery, I believe. And it's going to, so these toys and the posters are going to be on exhibition starting um, July 21st. Now, Colville um, in the area was the base for Palatoy which is the British company, which was, um, which manufactured and was behind the iconic vintage toys. And basically this summer, the toys are all going to come home in a grand exhibition. What stands out about everything Camry's since 1977? Um, I mean, this is really important because when the original film came out in 77, I don't think anyone would have predicted that the merchandising of the franchise was going to um, end up, you know, bringing in even more money and earning more money than the film itself. I mean, I think we, we can all agree that Star Wars took a life of its own so that it's much more than just the movies. It's the culture. It's all the different mechanisms for telling the story, comic books, novels, TV shows, etc. And it's also very importantly, like we talked earlier, the toys, like with the Han Solo toys and the way there's a whole experience that comes out with every movie. Um, and fun fact, between 77 and 85, about 300 million action figures were sold. Um, and basically, so this 300 million, that's insane. That's the, the population of the U.S. is 300 million. So like if ev- that means everyone basically like put in perspective that that would be as if every single person in the U.S. bought one of the toys. So, I mean, it's legendary at this point. It's vintage and legendary. So the exciting thing about um, May the Toys Be With You is that it's going to give an opportunity for fan base to discover the role of Lester, Lester, of the, I'm sorry, Lester Shire Toy Company Palatoy and the role they played in the, you know, the, the incredible, really, the incredible global success story. Now, I got a question for you. Are these the people that were responsible for, uh, uh, UK distribution of Star Wars toys back in 77? I'm not sure about distribution, but I am sure about manufacturing. Okay, so they... Wait. They're like Kenner UK. Perhaps. I'm I'm not too well-versed in like the economics of the industry. So is this but, permanent? Yeah, they produced them, they developed them. Okay, so this isn't a permanent exhibition. It does. The article, unfortunately, doesn't give a closing date. It just says it starts in July 21st. But I assume it's going to go probably for the summer. I mean, tourism is an important part of, especially during the summer, of UK economy. Leicester City, um, not much going for other than a pretty um, decent soccer team or football. Um, this is going to probably bring a lot of tourism. That's why they timed it July 21st, I think. That's when there's Pretty decent weather in the UK. And a whole bunch of kids in the US are off for the summer. It, uh, precisely, yeah. Okay, I can see that. It's kind of similar. I mean, Rancho Obi-Wan, I don't think we've ever touched upon that. That is a Star Wars museum in California that Steve Stansweet runs. It There's videos on YouTube that I've watched, and he attends... Uh, all the Star Wars convention, uh, comic, well, D20, like the Disney's celebrations and all that stuff. Uh, but he is the largest collector in the world of Star Wars merchandise and memorabilia. Wow. 
What an honor. He has everything from original Ralph McQuarrie, uh, promotional stuff to prototypes to stuff that is just straight up bootleg, knocked off sort of stuff. It's it's pretty cool if you get a chance to ever go out to California. I suggest that you go out and uh, take a look at it, or you can just go on YouTube and watch some uh, walkthroughs. It's pretty cool. I, I like how everything everything from X-wing fighters, lightsabers, C-3PO droids. If it's if it's if it exists, I assume we're gonna see that. Uh, Logan, could you take up? The next article, please. Uh, yeah, sure, man. <clears throat> Sorry. Ugh. So the Obi Wan movie, I'm actually like really excited for. I like how they kind of put this out there. They're saying there could be a new film coming out, and like I know these are rumors, but you know most rumors about Star Wars are probably most likely true. So I feel like uh, whatever movie they're gonna make either with the Game of Thrones directors or just some other director. I think it could be a, an awesome like thing to put in Obi-Wan Kenobi, like an Obi-Wan movie. Because in that way, we can kind of see a story on uh, Tatooine. But I believe either if they do make the Obi-Wan movie, whether it's going to be like different parts as he's on Tatooine, or there's going to be a total story. Because as we know, we know parts of him when he was on Tatooine, like such as when he killed Darth Maul on Tatooine, you know? So we will have to see what he, what they do, but if they can get, I think, yeah, if they can get the actor in there and make an Obi-Wan movie, Obi-Wan Kenobi movie, that would be awesome. That would be, I actually would like to see a lot more in his backstory. I, I've noticed that they've been doing a lot of backstory movies recently with these little side stories and things like that. You know, like Rogue One. The mm -hmm. anthology. A little bit, little bit of backstory on how they got the plans and things like that. Um, I'd like to see a lot more backstory movies. That it's nice to have. Absolutely. I think definitely it'll, it'll, it'll touch on it. I mean, Obi-Wan Kenobi is one of the most, like, high-demand characters to come out of Star Wars. Everyone wants to know more about this this amazing... Um, yeah, one thing kind of that uh, concerns me is that it is being reported that the staff at Paint Hall Studios, which is the studios that's gonna, that works behind Game of Thrones, once they're done with Game of Thrones, then they're going to work with the Star Wars crew. And considering the news we had a couple weeks ago about the creators of um game of thrones uh taking over the next trilogy i believe the next franchise um or the next star wars projects I and mean, what do you guys think are we gonna see a game of thronesification of star wars <laughs> we talked I mean, about this last episode uh i think they're gonna do something they're not gonna do the obi-wan movie uh, i'm gonna make that very clear i don't think they're gonna do the obi-wan movie i hope you're right i feel like they're gonna make the direct like they're gonna make made for Disney streaming service movies. I don't think Kathleen Kennedy is gonna put them out there to write and produce films for theatrical review release because when it comes down to it, they're TV people. That's where they should stay. I hope you're right. They're not J.J. Abrams. They're not Bad Robot. 
they are Game of Thrones guys who have made a show from a book that is about medieval times with freaking dragons in it. I'm not a Game of Thrones fan. I've watched a couple seasons. Didn't like it that much. Too much incest. Too much torture porn. Right. You can't adult. You can't put adult content like that into Star Wars. Like we're not. I don't see ourselves like watching Star Wars, and then there would be like a freaking sex scene between uh, a Twi'lek and a human being, and there's like Twi'lek titties out and shit, and there's like prostitution. Like I, I, I don't want to see that. I agree. I agree with you. That's one of the things that makes Star Wars so great is that there's very little sex appeal in it. In in, in that sense, of course, you have minus you know, Leia. That was actually people. Some people like say that. Um, and I know, for example, um, Carrie Fisher when she was talking to Daisy Ridley, she gave her advice of don't do what I did. Don't allow them. If the if the demand comes up, don't give into it because you know objectifies you it sexualizes you so in that sense there was like a slight learning curve with that um but you're right it's not it's not perfect but um i mean it ain't no game of thrones level yeah now you know we have seen some types of torture and things like that i mean it wasn't in the movies but the clone wars had its own little you know flair to that type of thing there was some um Slave trading, and there was also some uh, torture a few times in, uh, no scenes of in the Clone Wars. Yeah, absolutely. But there's no sexual acts being performed. There's no rape mm. scenes. There's no incest. There's no kids getting thrown out windows. There's. No I never said there was. I said that it, they've done it, and they've gotten close to doing some of those harsher things, but they have done some things that the movies haven't. Well, that's the thing about Clone Wars. Is they, more so than Rebels, they're not afraid to get a little bit I don't know if gory is the right word, but like people getting slashed down and things like that. Star Wars Rebels shies away from that. It's a lot more geared towards kids, I think. Minus than that anyone. episode where the mining will fall thing and Ezra kills that dude by throwing him in an incinerator. Hmm. This is a good point. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's one example out of the many that the Clone Wars has. There's one difference, though. The Clone Wars wasn't made by Disney. And Disney likes to keep things kid friendly. This is true. You're right, Jordan. I mean it's on Disney XD, so you're right. Uh the thing about this Obi Wan Kenobi news, uh is that the Belfast Telegraph reported that Jar Jar Binks creator, George Lucas, visited in November twenty seventeen to check out a number of locations. And now rumors are swirling that the bearded one has given his approval for the House of Mouse to film this. So, George Lucas has been involved somehow in every Star Wars movie to come out since the purchase. Episode six, whether he's on set, whether he's assisting on uh, the lore, or giving pointers. Uh, he did it for Han Solo, well, because Ron Howard is one of his protégés. He did it on Rogue One. He did it on Last Jedi when it came to the Jedi lure. And talking about Luke Skywalker, he did it on The Force Awakens. He has had some sort of input on everything Star Wars since then. I mean, when it comes down to it, he's the creator. Without George Lucas, 
we wouldn't be doing this right now. Right. True. Is the Godfather at the end of the day? Uh, you can hate on him. We drove him to sell the franchise, us as fans, uh, strictly because of the harshness that maybe not us per se, because we're all we all love the prequels here at this podcast at least. But people that hate the prequels, people that hate the re-releases, caused him to go into exile, caused him to sell to the mouse. Which, granted, isn't necessarily a bad thing, because since that selling, we have gotten four times as much content. Granted, because it did go to somebody with more resources. Yeah. Uh... I'm still happy that George Lucas is still involved in this franchise. That's what I'm trying to get around. Yeah, it gives it a sense of authenticity. And if this Obi-Wan movie were to happen, we're going to be looking at a 2020 release because 2019 will be episode 9. And 2020 will be the will be set for the next anthology film. And then shortly after that, I, I want to say that the Ryan Johnson trilogy will come out. I want to say that's the good timeline, but I hope they continue the anthology films. I really want them to. For sure, for sure. Rogue One was a freaking masterpiece. Solo looks so promising. I want my Order 66 movie. Speaking of Solo, (laughs) we didn't touch on this last episode, but this is some newer news that I've heard. Uh, Harrison Ford talked to Alden Einrich and gave him pointers on how to properly play Han Solo. I mean, Harrison Ford is Han Solo. If you yeah. want to play Han Solo, you're going to need to talk to Harrison Ford. So he sat down with him. He pretty much said, hey, this is what George told me. This is what I'm telling you. Carry on the legacy. And I think he plays off like how much he doesn't care about the character and how much he doesn't like the character. Because why would he do that? Why would he go out of his way? To make sure that a character is being done properly. I mean, if he didn't care, he wouldn't have done that. Right? And also, there a Reddit user posted that they saw Donald Glover sitting down with Billy D. Williams for lunch. Ooh. So I'm there's a lot of mentor stuff going on. With this solo movie, which gives me hope because if George Lucas is mentoring Ron Howard during the production, and Billy D and Harrison are all involved to make sure that all these characters are played properly, like how could things go wrong? I mean, we you guys saw Donald Glover smirk. You saw that. This is going to be good. What do you think, Logan? Well, I feel like it's going to be awesome. I I kind of see it as this way. It's like the varsity players on a team are helping out the JV players. And so those JV players can be varsity players in the future. So I feel like George Lucas and Harrison Ford and all of them are trying to help these guys so they can become great actors and pretty much be in new Star Wars movies as well, hopefully, or something like that. Help the director so he can make more Star Wars movies and kind of help the whole franchise as a whole and making sure this movie does not go down the shitter. And I don't think it will. Uh, with that being said, I feel like it's time for a break. And now it's uh, time for Logue the Rogue LeVeg to do his new segment called The Rogue Rant. 
All right. We'll be back. Take it away, y'all, man. It's now time for the Rogue Rant. Hey, guys. It's Logue the Rogue here with the Rogue Rant. And today, I will be talking about the TIE Silencer. The TIE Silencer, also known as Kylo Ren's ship, is a prototype, and we may see more in Episode Nine in Waves. Also, the TIE Silencer takes ideas from the TIE Defender, such as blaster power and speed. This is supposedly the best TIE fighter there has ever been, which, if mass-produced by Episode Nine, could be a problem for the new Rebellion. Also, in The Last Jedi that we saw, in the Battle of Crate, over six, like 66 people died, exactly, which could have been a small hidden Easter egg relating to Order 66 by Ryan Johnson. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Do Back Discussion Podcast. Our first topic back is about the Star Wars Rebels Jedi Knight preview that we got last week. Uh, it features a lot of really cool, let's say, things, including this glider scene where the clip is titled Bring Her Back, and it shows Ezra and Sabine in an Imperial TIE fighter disguise and Kanan with his haircut and his attached... And it looks attached to a parasailing glider gear. And I, I think it's the plan to save Hera. What do you guys think? I believe it is a, uh, a mission to go save Hera. And I think they could be using the gliders. Well, first off, because they probably don't have any ships. And also, they could probably, flow, they could probably fly at low altitudes. So there must be like a tracking thing uh-huh. within Lothal. So they're probably using that. Or they just can't have technology. It's like some electromagnetic pulse security that they probably have. So they're just going to use gliders to get past that. What I liked about it was how is, is that it leaves you in a in the simplicity of it. You know, it's a quick scene, nothing too fancy. But it, gives, it still leaves uh, a certain suspense. Like, what are they doing with the hang gliders? Are they really going to try to take this on? I mean, they're obviously going to try to infiltrate uh, a facility because they're in disguises. Is, is this really going to work? Is this is kind of ingenious? Um, kind of leaves a lot of questions open. That just gets you excited for the episode. Oh. There's not much I can say on this. I don't really watch Rebels that much, to be honest. <laughs> Our local rebel hater here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't wait. It's coming out the 19th. Will be the first Tomorrow. back, and it will be the conclusion of Star Wars Rebels. And then we will eagerly wait for our next animated uh, Star Wars media. So, with our next topic, uh, Paul Inglis hired as supervising art director for Star Wars Episode Nine. Mo, I'd like you to take this one. Yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Where, where to even start? I mean, this is a name that unless you're really in tune with the mechanisms or like the behind the scenes of Hollywood and, and film production, you may not be too, um, too familiar with, but we know JJ Abrams is the one who's going to determine, um, whether or not we love the final film. Uh, so, I mean, it, it, we, all, we know it's been announced that Connor Trevorrow is not going to end up directing the project um you know instead it's going to be jj abrams and there's still not much we know about the film itself it's a little early for that um but what we do what we can expect is that 
this finale is going to be perhaps the best one we've seen so far. I think um, if, if the progression of the movies in the past several decades is any indication, it's probably going to go out with a bang. I, I would say um, it's basically it's the last chapter in the Skywalker saga. Um, it's gonna it's gonna start filming sometime this June. So what we do know about Inglis is that he has a lot of different variety. He's done a lot of different types of work, um, a lot of top tier stuff. For example, Prometheus, Skyfall, um, and Blade Runner twenty forty nine from last year. All critically acclaimed films. <clears throat> um, I mean, he what he had worked with the director. Dennis Bellenu, but his hiring, I think, is definitely going to bring a new touch of the artistic talent and artistic level to the overall franchise. And to be honest, it's a wonder why they hadn't brought him earlier. But it also shows that we are—they are planning this finale to be uh, um, to be the final bang in the fantastic franchise it's been so far. Um, it's going to be cutting edge. I think it, it always Star Wars has always been cutting edge, always breaking new barriers. So I'm excited to see what new barriers, um, you know, the the technical skill found and and resources with Lucasfilm combined with the talent of English is going to produce something mesmerizing to say the least to watch. New costumes, anybody? Oh, for sure, new costumes, um, new cool ships, uh, awesome planets. Most definitely introducing probably a new class of stormtrooper. Oh yeah, yeah man. I'm looking forward to that, especially considering that I'm a more of a I consider myself a dark side kind of sewer. I guess <laughs> you know I was, I support the dark side till the end. So new stormtrooper would be nice. Well, I think we can definitely count on a new stormtrooper. Something yeah. a bit more sleek than what they look like right now. A new ship. I know they ain't coming out with a Mandator 5 now, but <laughs> that's a bit early because they just released a Mandator 4 in the last movie. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, I, what was that, Logan? Well, I think they're going to be adding a little bit more ships. Like, who knows? Maybe there is another mega-class Star Destroyer. Or maybe, since we know, since we do know in canon, there was a Super Star Destroyer, which was Emperor Palpatine's called the Eclipse. Now, we're not certain that it is like the Executor class or the Eclipse class, but with the name and everything, it could be the Eclipse class. And It is. Yeah, it is? Yeah. All right. Well, that's awesome. But anyways, that's pretty much what started the First Order because every single like last remnants of the Empire went over to the Unknown Regions to meet with the Eclipse. So who knows? Maybe the Eclipse could come in as their like second ship like other than the supremacy or the supremacy can still be flying it's just cut in half because you know like obi-wan's saying hey we're still flying half the ship <laughs> i wonder what they're gonna do to replace the supremacy considering the fact that both factions are basically in tatters at this point well the first order is not really they have a huge fleet probably as almost as big as the fleet of the empire that was at endor they literally just lost their home base. <laughs> True, but they still have a band they're leaving. They could take over. Hey, who knows? Maybe they're. Hey, no, no, no. Kylo runs there, dog. He can come in there and just like maybe there's a base on Mustafar. Who knows? Like at True. Darth Vader's 
uh, castle. Who knows? Maybe there's like other first order um, soldiers there or new ships. So I just can't wait till episode nine to see the new ships and new things that they're going to be doing, especially if there's going to be a time between them, hopefully around like a three to four year gap. I, I just want a mandator five. Probably not going to happen, but I want it. <laughs> that would be an awesome ship, especially with like the mandator four and how big that was. Imagine how big the mandator five would be. Just especially with like the new designs they're having. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all know Logan's excited for the ships. Yeah, man. I'm all about that Navy, too. What you mean? No, of course. Mm. But uh, Logan kind of goes berserk. Yeah, man. Like, <laughs> it gets awesome. Maybe we could see a few Venators, like from the Clone Wars, you know. They're not about to bring those little motherfuckers back. Hammerhead, <laughs> cor- Hammerhead Corvettes coming in. For the new rebellion, I really don't think they're gonna end up bringing Venators. They phased those out for a reason. Yeah. Well, the Resurgent class Star Destroyer actually takes the good parts from the Venator and from the Imperial Star Destroyer. Yeah, so you open you up mean the like the, the carrying capacity and things like that? Fly right yeah, like like capacity, bridges, shielding, weapon placements. All I mean. It got rid of the like obvious bridge that the Imperial classes and the uh, other classes, like the uh, Imperial Venator and all the other yeah. uh, older ones, they got rid of that, you know, the bridge that was always out there and easy to access. So, yeah, they, yeah. they improved on everything that the Empire did, but for some reason they're still losing. <laughs> I don't know how. Look. <laughs> so, John Fabio, how do you pronounce his name? Mohammed John. It looks like Favreau. Favreau. He was announced. Well, okay. Here's the thing. February 14th. Ten days before February 14th. Well, February 2nd. John Favreau tweeted a picture of him, Rom Howard, and Lawrence Kasdan with hashtag Star Wars, hashtag Solo. And then another message. Ron Howard tweets, wondering why we're all together. John Fogro is voicing a very cool and important alien character for hashtag Han Solo. Flattered and fortunate I could pull him away from his Lion King directing duties. Howard was asked by a fan if he had a cameo in Solo, and he was clear that unlike his brother Clint, he would not appear in his own movie. (laughs) Ron Howard said, nope, zero chance, but thanks for asking. As you know, right now, uh, Favreau is busy directing another Disney movie, The Lion King. And in the past, many film fan, many fans speculated that he would be a good fit for Star Wars. As an update, Favreau doesn't seem to mind if people know which character he's playing. He's playing the monkey from the character. I mean, not from the character, but from the trailer. He's playing the alien monkey from the trailer for Solo? The one with the uh, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. That's who he's playing. I do like how Disney's doing all these live-action movies now. Yeah. True. Uh, Jordan, I'd like you to do the uh, Galaxy's Edge update. Uh, hold on. Open the article. Here we go. Oh, man, this is exciting. 
Uh, Star Wars theme hotel features integration with Galaxy's Edge Park, promising westward like Westworld like experience. The forthcoming Star Wars theme hotel Disney World won't launch won't launch until after its version of the Disneyland Park opens. But for the sound of things, they'll be bringing fans an even more immersive experience with exploring the galaxy far, far away than even the already engrossing Galaxy's Edge itself. Its recent representation at Disney D23 Japan, wait, summarized on the official Star Wars website, Walt Disney Parks and Resorts Chairman Bob Shapek explained that guests who attend the currently untitled Star Wars Hotel will get an even more immersive Star Wars experience than the than one Galaxy's Edge will provide on its own. Any thoughts on this? This is going to be this is going to be amazing, especially yeah. for those who are familiar with Westworld. It's like an immersive experience. You feel like you're really there. The hotel is going to be um, as if it's as if you're right in the middle of the galaxy, far, far away. From the quote here, from the from the moment guests arrive at the hotel, Jepek said, oh. "Huh." Sorry, I just saw something on the article, and it is... I'll, I'll talk to you about it in a second. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, for sure. Um, basically, it's going to begin as everyone boards a starship and departs together, kind of like a uh, collective experience. Multi-day Star Wars adventure, an opening date for the new hotel, has not yet been announced, but it can't come too soon. We're ready to vacation in a galaxy far, far away. Go ahead, Logan. All right, well, if you guys, this is about the solo movie, so if you guys want to keep going about Galaxy's Edge, I'll wait until then. Okay. Galaxy's Edge will open with two attractions, the first being a ride that puts guests in the controls of the Millennium Falcon, and the second being the dark ride that puts guests in the middle of a battle between the Resistance and the First Order. Sounds dope. This sounds just like the Harry Potter um, type of experience uh, in Orlando Studios. Well, no explicit reference to the worst world, either the 1975, I mean, 73 sci-fi classic with the mind of Michael. Crick. Anybody got this, Christian? Crichton, Christian. Crichton, Michael Crichton. Crichton, there you go. <laughs> or the contemporary and arguably superior television series on HBO was made at the presentation. It's the last, it's the first thing that popped into the mind. A similar experience already exists at Universal Studios with the two major Harry Potter themed lands at the original part and the islands of the adventure expansion. But these plans are anywhere near aren't anywhere near as ambitious as what's what I'm imagining. Galaxy's Edge might just blow those out of the water in terms of content integration. In any case, it certainly sounds like we're in for the for a restless experience when the park opens next year. So excited. Do back discussion, um, field trip, everybody. Right? Oh, yeah. So down. So, so down. I hope it opens in the summer so we can all go. Uh, you think we'll have a cantina experience? Yeah, there like, is. There is. Uh, in the middle of the park, there will be a cantina. Oh, my God. <laughs> Don't get too drunk because I won't be able to drive. <laughs> I'll drive there. <laughs> I, I wonder if they'll actually be selling drinks. Maybe. They, 
Disney World sells drinks, so I'm sure they'll yeah. have that. And they'll have some store. You, you, you get too I mean, drunk, answer. you get escorted yeah. out of the cantina by stormtroopers. <laughs> Come with us, sir. Yo, do you think that like Harry Potter World, where you can go through the experience of getting a wand, you'll be able to put together a lightsaber with the kyber crystal and everything? Already can do that. I wonder if they'll have security guards dressed like stormtroopers. <laughs> I think I can count on that. There's going to be different parts, I think. Parts for the Empire, more dark side. Parts for the light side. Well, you know where I'll be then. Exactly. That's what I was thinking, Jordan. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's slated for uh, 2019 release. But I feel like people who think that they need to go immediately should hold back. Because you're not the only person thinking that, oh boy, I can't wait till this opens. So it's going to be a packed full you're not going to be able to experience things properly because it's going to be dick to ass the entire time <laughs> it's probably going to be like that even after you know a few months of it being open so okay. wait till 2020 wait till things simmer down and the, the 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 hype has kind of worn off a little bit just don't go go in there and just you know full-fledged pedal to the floor type thing and wait be patient. Do what the Jedi teach us. Just be patient. You know what I mean? Patience, my young Padawan. Patience. The last thing we were going to talk about, we kind of already went over, so we're not going to touch upon that. Well, can I talk about the uh, part that I saw in the article yes. that we just read? Uh, so if you guys scroll down to the very bottom of the article, at least I saw this, there was a new article that just came out today and is talking about two new ships in the solo movie called the Arrestor Cruiser and the Imperial Hauler. Imperial Hauler sounds like a cargo ship, and the Arrested Cruiser, I assume, has something to do with the police. <laughs> actually, it does not. The Arrested Cruiser is actually, it looks like a, I don't know, it's like, a, I just had the name. It's like, the, it's kind of like an airstrip, kind of. But, um, why am I forgetting the name? It's like the one on water. Anyone got the name? Yeah, the air... No, I forgot. But it's kind of like an airstrip almost. And it looks pretty awesome. It kind of looks like one of those ships. So I think that's going to be very interesting. I guess it's like really big as well. So that'll be good to see. Well, I'd like to see more on these too myself. Absolutely. Uh... Now let's talk a little bit about our podcast. I kind of like to wait till the end of the episode to talk about our podcast and everything. To reiterate ourselves a little bit, we have a YouTube channel, we have Twitter, we have an Instagram, we have a Facebook account that we are active on. The Instagram's pretty active. Also, I'm not sure about Twitter. That Logan's type of thing there. We have... Mm -hmm. We are all available on PlayStation 4. You can play with us my psn name is elbardo was here mine is little j money 199 l-i-l j money 199 no capitals no spaces mine is player l 2569 mine is yo yo y-o-y-o it's yahya y-a-h-y-a we're mainly playing battlefront 2 and some of our other games like I play Monster Hunter World. Logan plays I'm Minecraft. 
<laughs> I'm a nerd. I play Dragon Ball Fighters. Yeah. <laughs> Muhammad sticks to Battlefront. Uh, yeah, sticks to Battlefront. <laughs> <laughs> when he can get on. Yeah, we're probably going to be doing a live stream soon. Probably today. <clears throat> tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, probably tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. This is when I'll do it. Um, we'll probably link, we'll around six o'clock Eastern. Yeah, we'll link you to all these things in the description. It'll be easy for you guys to find. We're on iTunes. If you're listening to us on iTunes, we're also on SoundCloud and Blueberry. Yeah, we we have a couple special announcements. You can meet do back discussion at the the Steel City Comic Con. Uh. In April, in Pittsburgh, and you'll also be able to meet Dubac Discussion at the Rose City Comic Con in Oregon. Uh, I will be at the one in Steel City, and Logan will be the one at Rose City. Yep. We are Sadly, it's only going to be one of us. <laughs> but I plan on hosting, not hosting, but getting some interviews with Ian McDermott. The Emperor himself, and the 501st Garrison leader for Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That may be a new intro coming, don't say anything. <laughs> uh, if you guys haven't noticed, we did get a new intro this time. And we have a new logo up. We're yep. taking some time, putting some money, putting some effort into this podcast. Hope you guys all enjoy the upgrades a little bit here. It's a learning experience. It's a learning experience for all of us. We're taking it day by day and getting what we can out of this and producing better content for you guys. If you could do us all a favor, take take some time out of your day, share us around, hype us up a little bit, you know, get our help us get our name out there so we can produce better, more content for everyone that listens to this thing. I know there's at least twelve of you guys out there that listen to this. It ain't a lot, but I mean. Starts. It's a start. That's how everything starts. We're only on episode four, but we're going to continue doing this, whether you guys listen or not. This is our passion. This is what we do as Star Wars fans. It's an outlet for us, and it's some way to spend our time not worrying or being impatient about these Star Wars movies. <laughs> Still kind of impatient, but at least not as frustrated. That's right. Uh, yeah, stay tuned for big and better things. At the Do Back Discussion podcast. So, with that said, I'd like to wrap up this podcast with thank you. Make sure to write rate us five stars. Leave a little uh, comment below. Share us around. Tell us what you think about the podcast. Constructive criticism always welcome. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. So, this is TJ Bowser signing off. Jordan White signing out. Jug the rug, getting off. Grandmaster Mo, peace and out. And may the force be with you. May the force be with you. May the force be with you. May the force be with everyone. <laughs>